Hello. 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 Welcome. Welcome to the Isotope Theory Theory Podcast. Podcast. I'm I'm your host Kyle. Kyle. Frankie. Frank. Hey. Today we have a special treat for you live uh, from my apartment. <laughs> we have Alicia Reese uh, with us today. She is a creative director at Neighbor in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I hope you enjoy. So this is the first time that I've ever done podcast face to face, an interview face to face. So Me too. <laughs> might be interesting because um, usually Do I you have want me like close my eyes? I usually have the ability to just kind of like kind of whatever. Yeah, like start jotting down notes, but I feel like we have to have eye contact because that's oh. just kind of how I am when I talk to someone. I want to have eye contact, but then I tend to go off on crazy tangents though when I have eye contact. So we'll see how this works. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, well, yeah, thanks for coming over and hanging out at my place, uh, my little makeshift studio. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Cool. Lots of art. Right on. So, uh, let's see, Alicia, Alicia Reese, Alicia Reese, you are, are you creative director now? Yeah, officially I'm creative director at Neighbor. Nice. Right on. And Sweet. and Neighbor is here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes. And um that's awesome. Are you also a partner then? Uh no, I'm co founder, but not partner. Gotcha. Okay. No extra moolah for me. Right on. But I'm sure there's bonuses or some structure like that at some point. Maybe. I'm sure. I mean you don't <laughs> even have to comment on that or not, whatever you want, but um, yeah, cool. All right. So let's see. So your role as creative director, the majority of what you're doing, um, is it like a tra- traditional creative director role in like an agency or um, cause neighbors like an animation house, right? Yeah. And we're pretty small too. So it seems weird to have a creative director when there's only seven people. That's, but that's not teeny for Minneapolis. No, no. For yeah. Minneapolis, that's normal right right uh but yeah i i'm not actually really sure what it means to be a creative director i just know that i wanted to have more involvement in how we sell design and how we talk about it and how we present ourselves and how we represent ourselves right on and so that's how i became the creative director gotcha and obviously you've been doing this for a while so oh yeah and and how many years before you became creative director were you with neighbor uh well three and a half Since we just it started four yeah okay Right on. So I've been creative director for six months now. Right. And prior to that, you were art director, yep. basically. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm super curious to know, like, why you're here. So what what started your path down down visual effects and motion graphics and animation um, when you were a kid? Sure. Uh, when I was a kid, I don't think I really understood what was possible. Sure. Or... Not really understood, but I don't think I believed that anything like this would be possible for me. Mm. So for me, it's like I was interested in drawing and interested in art when I was very young, but I was in foster care. So your options are pretty limited as to like what you can imagine for yourself. I think just surviving was the primary concern. But then I landed. I landed in a good home 
with my grandma and my biological grandma Mm -hmm. and I lived out my like middle school and high school and some of grade school with her. And mm-hmm. then in high school, that's when all my friends were talking about going to college and what they were gonna do for the rest of their lives. And all I knew really for sure was that I I had to get out of my hometown. I had sure. to leave. Where was that? Huh. <laughs> you don't uh, wanna talk about it? You don't Manitowoc, have to say, you don't have Wisconsin. to say, you don't have to, oh, okay. You definitely don't have to say anything. You don't have yeah. to answer any questions you don't want to answer. <laughs> I feel like it's good to be honest. It just sucks because that documentary came out. Sure. Wait, which documentary? Uh, Making a Murderer. Oh, so that's where. Oh, that's my hometown. Oh, okay. That makes total sense. Not mm-hmm. not that you come from there, but that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no. That makes it, the it sense makes that you wouldn't. <laughs> makes sense that you wouldn't want to. Yeah, it's crazy because I used to have to like explain to people where it was okay. and I'd be like, oh, I'm from, well, actually like we're from, my family is from like Tish Mills to Rivers kind of area, okay. which is just outside of Manitowoc, but I went to school in Manitowoc. And gotcha. Cause it's such a small, yeah, small communities, small towns. Oh yeah. Right on. Hmm. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Cool. So was your grandma like an inspiration? Was she, did she push you creatively um, into understanding drawing and understanding like, did, how was that? When I was younger, I, I enjoyed art and all like everybody in my family would buy me like Christmas gifts that were like those little art sets and stuff. Sure. Um, So they really encouraged me in that way. But my grandpa actually was an artist and just kind of didn't tell anyone and I remember I think I was like probably in like fourth or fifth grade and I was doing one of those paint by numbers Mm -hmm. and I had accidentally screwed up and painted a bunch of numbers the wrong color yeah to the point where I couldn't really see where the numbers went anymore okay and I was really upset because I I wanted to paint this like really cool picture of a deer, it was like a baby deer and a mother deer. And I couldn't see the numbers anymore and I didn't know how to fix it and I kept trying to fix it and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then my grandpa came over and he's just like, oh, you just have to look at where the shadows and the highlights are. And then he like lays down like three different colors and all of a sudden it looks like a little baby deer again. And I was just like, I just remember being like, oh my God. Your mind was blown. You you know how to do this stuff? Yeah. Why haven't you told me? And then- we were digging through a bunch of his stuff after he passed away and mm. we found like all these notebooks with sketches of houses and stuff. And he cool. was in construction. He was like a foreman okay. or foreman, foreman or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I think, I don't know cause he's not here to ask anymore, but I think he might've really wanted to go into architecture. And when I was younger, I remember him always telling me, if you want to do art, you have to learn computers. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's actually probably how I ended up in this. Gotcha. I think by like senior year, I knew what I wanted. I had it whittled down to three things. Sure. In high school, yeah. Yeah. What were the other two things? A uh, teacher or a nun. <laughs> <laughs> a teacher or a nun or... An animator. Animator. That's hilarious. I love it. Um, so you realized that, that you wanted to be an animator, um, pretty early on then during, 
well, you were saying um, senior year. So yeah. what what made you decide to go to the Art Institute? Um, I had applied to a few schools. I can't remember. I know I really wanted to go to the Academy of Art sure. uh, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But my grandma thought that was too far. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty shy at the time. So it was very easy for me to agree with her. Yeah. Um, like I wanted to leave, but I didn't know how far I'd be brave enough to go. Mm-hmm. And My dog is snoring right now. <laughs> putting her to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, him. Him. Sorry. Yeah, I know. He's got a pink bandana Breaking on right now. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So that was close enough. And yeah. yeah. And after, after the Academy of Art, after I applied there, I started getting a lot of different things in the mail Mm -hmm. and the art institute had a summer teen workshop program i think it was like the beginning of my senior year when i found out about the program Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i want to do that because i don't really know what i'm signing up for yeah i saw finding nemo and i was like i want to do that but i don't know what that entails and so then i spent the whole year working and saving up for the summer teen workshop and I had enough money between me and my grandma. The truth is she sure. helped <laughs> a yeah, lot. Right. Uh, I had enough to go. And then I got really, really, really sick, mm. like the day before we were supposed to leave. And my grandma, being the amazing person that she is, uh, basically was like, woke me up at like four in the morning and was like, we're going to the doctor. And I started crying cause I, I was like, no, I have someplace to be tomorrow. Yeah. And she was like, you're sick. I can hear you breathing. It doesn't sound right. We're going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so she drove me to the doctor. And then when she was at the doctor's office, she was like, She's going to Minneapolis today. Mm -hmm. So where can you send this prescription so that we can pick it up on the way? Yeah. And my grandma hates driving anywhere outside of like the Manitowoc area. Mm -hmm. And we got like right after we got out of the doctor, we got right back into the car. I had my backpack and everything with me and we just started driving to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And like neither of us had ever been. Google Maps did not exist. (laughs) My grandma did not ever drive very far. That's amazing. And yeah, we got, I think we got there a little bit late, Mm -hmm. but we got there. And by the time we got there, I didn't have a voice. So I had a perfectly good excuse to not talk to anyone (laughs) plus you were shy so (laughs) yeah I was very shy so I wouldn't have talked to anyone anyways but I had a pretty valid excuse for not being able to sure so I actually was able to make some friends that way huh right on cool yeah yeah I didn't even know that they did the summer workshops like when I was in high school I didn't know about it yeah I got some kind of like mailer pamphlet thing gotcha but I think they had sent someone to come talk at our school too. Sure. It's yeah. probably close enough. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Hmm. It's probably the closest one. Yeah. I think there was one in Chicago too, but that one was 100% off limits. My grandma wouldn't let me go to Chicago. Oh, the big bad city. <laughs> yeah. Even though she hadn't been to, to yeah. Minneapolis ever. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, she had never heard it ever be referred to as like murderopolis right <laughs> I mean, it was much like, better no. by the time i got here but 
Yeah. If she had, I probably wouldn't have gone here either. It wasn't the seventies at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which apparently was a big issue here in the seventies. Lots of murders. Yeah. Um, now it's totally awesome. We can walk around at 4 a.m. and no problems. Yeah. Pretty much. It's I mean, a beautiful city. Yeah. It's so clean. It's about to get really freaking hot. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> Apparently tomorrow it's going to be like 90. Finally. Ah, I've you been like waiting the heat. for like a day to wear shorts. I wore shorts a couple days ago and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's 50 here. It's June. Yeah. What is happening? I see. I would I'd much rather have 50. Anyway, <laughs> enough about the weather. Um. <laughs> well... Good yeah. luck living in Minneapolis. I know. And it's like perfect for you. I know. Yeah. It's going to be super hot, but I've been looking elsewhere actually recently just for fun. Just kind of, just kind of putting my, my, uh, reaching out and just kind of like seeing the possibilities yeah. elsewhere, um, just for fun. But I don't know. Where are you thinking of going? Um, kind of want to keep it under wraps for now. I want to go to Hawaii. Hawaii would be amazing. So bad. Amazing. No, I'm I'm thinking about um, maybe California at this nice. point or Oregon. So yeah. we'll see. But I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is. I just started this freelance thing. So I, think I don't it's know. It's pretty realistic. Yeah. I actually think that like, I don't know, I could be totally wrong, but my predictions for the industry for the future is that like this New York, LA only kind of u.s hubs mm-hmm. it's it can't possibly stay that way no. i mean we're getting closer and closer where your entire team can be remote totally and at this point a lot of even the studios in new york and la or california i should just say because there's a lot sure. in san francisco too they they remote freelance mm-hmm. the who they want for a right. team right which is awesome because then you have no restrictions as to who right. you can bring on other than you can find flow, the perfect basically. person for right. the perfect project. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I could start doing that stuff from here. That's kind of yeah. what I'm, what I'm trying to reach out to people, um, to see if that's even possible. Yeah. So, it's cool. Um, but yeah, so back to the Art Institute, you mm-hmm. went to AI for, um, did you go for animation or did you go for visual effects? I started in animation. Yeah, that's what I uh, thought. But I switched in my first quarter to okay. VFX. Yeah, because you... It seemed like more bang for your buck at mm-hmm. the time. Sure. I still think it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because you do still get some of the animation stuff. Yeah. Um, not as a total focus, though, yeah. which is cool. That's right. Yeah, because we had a few classes together um, yeah. at the end did of... We? I think we did, or at least I feel like we must we have. Sh- I know I've seen, I saw you around a lot. Yeah, because your work was pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't remember what, what year did you graduate? Uh, two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. So, so I was like an in betweener, in between like the older people mm-hmm. and the younger people. <laughs> yeah, that's why we overlapped then, because I was two thousand eight, like yeah. December two thousand eight. So nice. That makes total sense. Um, cool. So your experience at AI. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, it was unbelievable. Uh, which could be bad or good. Who knows? <laughs> just be generic about it. <laughs> uh, no, I think attending the Art Institute taught me a lot about kind of the harsh realities of life. Mm-hmm. 
that you can pay an exorbitant amount of money for something that you could pay significantly less elsewhere. Totally. And you might not know it because you just didn't do enough research. Yeah, your world is so small when you're when you first right. get out of high yeah. school, you barely know anything. Totally. About and, the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and in your brain, it's like if you spend more money on it, it must be more valuable. Totally. But I think in the case of the Art Institute, it's not more valuable. Right. I mean, you can attend Stanford for cheaper than you can attend the Art Institute. Which is fucking bullshit, in my Complete opinion. bullshit. <laughs> Total bullshit. Yeah. I mean, especially since um, I'm assuming, uh, you know, like loans were definitely the only way to, to, oh, yeah. to do a I, post- Education. Worked pretty hard to get a lot of scholarships, but I still came out with a significant amount of loans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's pretty typical with um, most people that I've talked to about the Art Institute in general. Like everybody yeah. was on loans. Everybody was having to drop crooked. out for a semester or whatever to even just yeah. catch up and then do it. And yeah. then, uh, you know, have like a, a job for a little while and then build up a little bit of cash flow just to yeah. live and then yeah yeah what yeah. you're paying per year to attend art institute uh you're probably not going to get paid that amount your mm -hmm. first few years out of school right and you're going to be accruing or accruing a significant amount of interest right. which is pretty much just screwing you <laughs> totally is yeah so. we're we're all feeling that <laughs> yeah a few more years of paying that off <laughs> And by a few, I mean like seven, <laughs> probably. I don't know. I'm not even halfway done yet. So it's that been sucks. a while. It's been a while, but. Um, I paid mine off, but. Did you? Nice. It took a long time. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much just lived like how I lived when I was in school. Sure. For, well, pretty much until like a couple years ago. Yeah. And then. That's smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like not in like $500 a month studio, one room things, right. eating ramen for, um, probably six, seven years. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've moved up. My ramen now has eggs and vegetables <laughs> in it. <laughs> Love it. I'm definitely going to have some ramen now, now that we talked about that. Maybe tonight. We'll see. Um, cool. So the art Institute was, a life lesson. <laughs> life lesson. <laughs> it, um, I don't know. It's one of those interesting things when people ask me what I thought about attending the Art Institute. It's sort of bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Bitter at the school and the business for not being a very good school or business. Sure. But then pride in the students who did pull together and the little clusters of students who, because there were multiple clusters mm -hmm. um, from the very beginning. And there are a lot of artists from that specific school who went on to achieve a lot of really, really great things. Right. And a lot of times when those clusters would leave, a huge group of students would all become successful together. Sure. Uh, so like I, f I have a lot of pride in that, like mm -hmm. even though we could have all just been sour grapes about it and not, and just like been resentful that the school wasn't providing the education that we thought we were paying for, 
and also not providing the resources that we also were told we were paying for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really proud of all the students there that did pull together and they groups of students would save money to buy their own light kits because you're learning three-point lighting with two lights for yeah. 30 people. That's a really good point. So I'm amazed that yeah. we all were able to graduate and actually get something out of it. But my advice to the students there would be either go ahead and drop out and go online and then like all of you rent an apartment and call that apartment your school because you're gonna get the same education just hanging out with each other in a shitty ass apartment hmm. that you're gonna get, like you're gonna get the same, well I don't know, I guess like, yeah, no, you could you could buy all the programs, you could buy more than the programs that they have sure. at school for less than you're paying to attend the school. Yeah. I guess the main difference is you can't get loans to do that kind of shit. Right, right. Well, and now there's there's places like School of Motion where yeah. where you could do an education like we got plus more. Yeah. Plus structured more. similarly. Yeah. Um you're actually being taught by working industry professionals. Time. Yeah, which is way more valuable than oh, yeah. than I mean, we had a few that were We had some rock star teachers. Yeah. They may not have been working in the industry, but they were trying. Right. And they were inspiring in how hard they were trying. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so your first job out of AI was a wonderful place <laughs> called Fisher Edit. Rest in peace. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, they just closed. Was it two years ago? Three years ago? Mm. It's recent within a few years. I feel like four or okay. five years ago. Damn, really? The whole neighbor thing was, do I create something new or do I go back to where I was? Oh, I see. Yep. Well, at least for me personally, I don't know mm-hmm. yeah. how the others feel about it. Sure. I so, just knew uh, my time had come at Pixel Farm. Right. So Fisher Edit, you were there for how long? Uh, two and a half years. Were you doing compositing or? Um, a little bit, not so much because when I first started there, I was hired as a 3d artist. And so at first I only had Maya Okay. and I didn't, I didn't even have like after effects or anything on my machine. Oh wow. So it took me and I was still like, I, I feel like when I went to the art Institute, I wasn't very shy, but then when I got to Fisher edit, it was like, yeah, it was like reverting right back to just too terrified to say anything mm, was like that i was just where i wanted to be and i didn't know how to tell them that i didn't have all the programs that i needed to do my job which is not good you just felt intimidated or very yeah, yeah. because there's I mean, a bunch of people i wanted to work there so bad for so long gotcha that when they hired me i just didn't know how to say like um yeah. thank you for the 3d program but uh <laughs> I need a compositing software right, too. Right. But right. they eventually had like an intern or not an intern, a freelancer computer that was next to mine. Mm-hmm. And when the freelancer left, I just jumped onto that computer and eventually everyone forgot that I was on a different computer. Interesting. And I just got to keep that one. So you didn't even have to con No, I never actually had confront. to say anything. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> I just like moved to a different computer and just smart decided and just for myself. <laughs> Right that on. one had After Effects. That's really weird that they wouldn't be like, hey, Alicia, what do you need to do your job? 
Yeah. That's I'm, interesting. They, I'm sure they probably did. And I just. And you were just like, well, I can do what I can I, do. I can do whatever I, this here, fine. this I way. I can do this. <laughs> Maya can do all the things. Yeah. I can 3D. Well, you can 3D match move in, in Maya straight up. Yeah. Or you used to. That's how we learned. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I wasn't sure about the pipeline, too, when I first started there. I thought maybe if I was the 3D artist, I'd be passing my passes off to a compositor. Yeah. But their previous 3D person had just done all of his own stuff. So he'd sure. take on a project by himself. Mm -hmm. And he had left just before I started. So I, I, I'm sure everyone just thought that I would kind of develop my own workflow yeah and eventually i did i think it took it probably only took like four months which sounds like a long time but i mean it was my first job went by really fast sure and like four months i had like a computer that i could work on and i had started to like kind of get the idea like oh okay like i have to kind of i have to ask people if they need help and that's mm. how I can get onto jobs. Right. And once they know what I can do, then they'll ask me instead of me like asking, do you need anything? Oh, that's a really, that's a really interesting point. I, I, I guess that ha has happened to me multiple times where you go into a yeah. place, uh, not so much as a freelancer, but like, there. yeah. And you just sit there and you're like, what should do you I guys even know that I'm here? Yeah. Like what's going on? Why Actually, am I people didn't know that I worked there. That's so uh, weird. At one point, there were cookies in the kitchen, and somebody thought that I was like somebody else's kid, just like <laughs> wandering around what? Fisher Reddit. So, for four months, most of the people there, I'm, I think they even did an announcement that huh. I was working there, hmm. but. I mean, I don't know. I looked like I was attention. 12, so I completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> so Crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like that that happens... A lot. A lot more than you would expect, where people just don't know. Like, the first time, the first time that I was at Target working on stuff, they completely forgot about me, and I was just sitting in this room, like, yeah. off from the, the main area, and, and I had... I basically was like, where is everyone? What what am I doing? And and I just sat there working in Maya, like yeah. doing this part particle bullseye thing and I just I just got I they forgot that I was there cuz yeah. it was my first day. Like it was yeah. they forgot to come back. Plus I think that was the day that um everybody got laid off that first round of layoffs. Oh shit. So that helped yeah. uh, steer them away as well. But um <clears throat> crazy uh la, 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 la. okay so fisher yeah you're there for how long did you say two and a half years two and a half years and it was it was awesome i learned a lot i met a lot of people and the way that fisher edit worked i mean it's it was primarily an editing house mm -hmm. and then they had an effects division gotcha but i kind of the way that i learned to work was by watching a lot of the editors and I didn't know it at the time, but the way they're like they get paid is different than the way like an like an animator would get paid. How so, so I don't know if this is true for all of them, but a lot of them were responsible. Like their salary was dependent on how many jobs they could land themselves. Oh, really? Or it was dependent on how much money they brought in. And oh. so people worked 
the editors would work very, very hard, mm -hmm. not just to like do projects, but also to maintain those relationships gotcha. and to make connections that could bring in new work. And, hmm. uh, I don't know. I think that that was a really, really like big wake up call that mm. like, Oh, I have to, I have to learn how to sell myself and Crazy. get clients to kind of continue returning and wanting to work with me so that I can have a lot of projects. And for me, like the editors on a lot of cases were my clients. Mm -hmm. So that made it easy because they're in the same building as me. Gotcha. Uh, but then outside of that, I started doing a lot more projects with agency people and getting to work with the same uh, creatives, agency creatives over and over again. Mm -hmm. And learning how to like set up my after effects so that they could sit over my shoulder sure. and like change things like an editor would. Yeah. And being able to roll with the, with the feedback on the fly, yeah. like, let's see it this way. Let's yeah. see it that way. Let's see it that way. And I lived for it. I mm -hmm. loved it so much. And mm -hmm. I think like initially I wanted to do great work, but then it became this like thrill of not just like doing great work, but doing great work, like, at the snap of a finger, Super you know, like, yeah. oh, you need that red. I can make that red, but also it's not going to look like a hack. Like, sure. Yeah. Doing it properly. Yeah. yeah. And doing it. I found myself constantly, um, during those times of like, uh, like when I first started my career at target where there were 12 people behind me and it was very high pressure situation yeah. where you have heads of the department and yeah. maybe even a VP or something behind you and you're changing all these things. Yeah. I found, like plugins slowed every single thing down oh, yeah. so much that I was building my own ways of doing similar oh, plugin yeah. stuff. Like, so I would, I would, I, but I would do it custom and I would, yeah. I would know it like the back of my hand so that I could tweak every single aspect of it, like yeah. right on the fly super quickly. Um, and then you can easily hop between machines cause yeah. licensing is always a huge issue with a big corporation. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that, that I totally can relate with, with, my high school math teacher was right. The quadratic equation has come in handy <laughs> many times over. Sure. Depth of field, yeah. animation. Totally. I can't even believe how many times I've used it. Math is everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely everywhere. So do you get into um, Python scripting much? Or? No. Uh, no. I pretty much, I primarily work in After Effects now, so I don't even do 3d yeah right. which is crazy because i was so adamant about like just being a 3d artist sure. and when i got hired at fisher edit i really wanted to be a 3d artist and then i mostly mm -hmm. did after effects work there gotcha. so then i was like oh, i gotta get out of here i gotta go someplace else yeah. pixel farm does 3d i'll go there and i'll be a 3d artist gotcha and then i went to pixel farm and i mostly did after <laughs> effects there and like, finally no, i was just like maybe i just should you know stick with it at this point i know after effects yeah I didn't really know yeah. it that well coming into Fisher Edit, but I knew it pretty much like breathing by the time I left Pixel Farm. Right, because After Effects was not really um, the focus in the visual effects part of things. No. It yeah. was very much about shake compositing, and shake, nuke. Yeah, nuke never really was. When we were in school, nuke was not really around, but yeah. it was. It was uh, what? It was all shake. Um, I miss shake. Shaken. What was the one before that? Combo not, yeah, combustion. Like combustion. Yeah. Yeah, which is a. 
Ew. Oh, what a terrible That was an program. awful program. Like if yeah. people complain about After Effects, try combustion. Yeah, it which was, was it was like After Effects, but terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like even worse than After Effects. But so obviously your design sensibility and your your um your animation skills started shining more than like your three D skills or your yeah. realistic three D rendering or didn't things need like 3D that. Three D as much then. Right. It right. was expensive still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just kind of fell into the After Effects side of things and, and um, went with it. Went with it. Yeah. And you're designing too. I mean, right? So you yeah. deal a lot with Photoshop it's weird, and Illustrator. I don't consider myself that great of a designer. I've mm. met people that I would definitely sure. say like they are fantastic designers. Like even here in Minneapolis, there's just so many talented people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, il- the illustrators, especially. Gotcha. Like the students who are coming out of MCAD, oh my God, like yeah. I can't do that. Like it takes me a long time to do design and even when I've done it, I feel depressed afterwards. I don't actually even enjoy it. It takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah. it's so hard. It's just constant second guessing and totally. I just know that I like I like good work or what I would, I guess I like a certain, I like certain styles Sure. and those styles happen to be trendy at gotcha. the times that I like them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, you've got an eye for design for sure. And that oh, that's pretty thanks. good. That's pretty awesome. Especially as being a creative director, you kind yeah. of have to, you can always hire the MCAD person yeah. to come in and do that them. style, you know, yeah. um, as long as it, the budget allows and whatever but but yeah you don't it doesn't all have to be on you to do that yeah thank god at this point or neighbor's work would not be as good (laughs) sure yeah and especially like there's something to be said about collaboration and and um the more heads that are on it that are talented the better something will be for sure absolutely for sure like right now i'm i'm collaborating with someone i'm basically doing compositing at this point yeah on a on a piece that's basically it's particles and data visualization yeah. um, and I'm compositing, but I'm also like render wrangling and I'm also yeah. doing um, random shots, effects shots yeah. and stuff. Um, but I think just having that extra layer of someone to do that compositing or to do the animation only. Yeah. Now you have a focus and, and you don't have to, I don't know, be worn thin or, or whatever you want to say, but it, it really helps. Yeah. It definitely helps. A lot of times when I'd find where, like, there's a lot of projects that I've worked on where I end up doing the design, the animation, like everything, the whole project. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And I enjoy that, but I burn out very hardcore on projects like that. Yeah. Because I just throw, there's a strength in it in that, like, I only design what I know I can animate in the time that we have allotted whereas sometimes when you're working with an illustrator they design something and you're like oh that is absolutely amazing but i only have a day to animate it so it's too much right (laughs) like it needs to be toned down a lot Mm -hmm. uh whereas like if i'm designing it and i'm animating it i can keep the animation in mind when i'm designing it totally and i can break it out right away my prep is part of my design totally Super efficient um, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But it, sometimes you can't get the same style or you can't get. Yeah. You know, or like I have, I have, 
I like a lot of styles. Yeah. Sometimes I have a problem being consistent mm -hmm. and I'm like a stickler for like a project being consistent. Like sure. it should look like one, one brain, one thought, one mm. point of view, unless it's intentionally supposed to look like multiple point of views, gotcha. yeah. but it's not design if you haven't thought about it. Totally. It's just yeah. junk then. It's just <sighs> scribbles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it can still be beautiful, but it's not really designed if you didn't take any time to think about why you were doing anything. Totally. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny though. Cause like hardly ever do I come across a project where that, even that thought process has gone through the creative director's mind or like, yeah. that's not a part of the principle of, of what they're doing. They're very much just trying to fill orders. And yeah. that's something that always, it's a drag. It's a total drag because then it just becomes a job. Yeah. This is not about a job. It's not about paying my bills. It's about doing something that I'm passionate about yeah. and connecting with the people that I'm working with. It's and about your ideas being unique to you. Yeah. And that's why they would hire you for your ideas, for your perspective, for your touch. Right. Or like, I guess in the case of neighbor, it would be neighbor's point of view or neighbor's like perspective on a problem. Right. At least there is a perspective on the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Cool. Well, I've been talking with Rich every once in a while, just trying to get in there and, yeah. and at least do like a spec piece or something with you guys. So hopefully that'll happen at some point. But yeah. Um, yeah I'm well, we definitely need to step up our freelance game. Right. Like on the record, <laughs> keep trying freelancers out there. Everybody keep trying because yeah. we just have to get over the fear of like letting go yeah well there's we're, we're so minnesotan <laughs> like sure the freelance market here Pride. is very small and so when you there's this assumption that anyone who's freelance is freelance because they couldn't get hired someplace else but i think that uh. perception needs to be changed so that you don't feel afraid that when you hire the freelancer the entire time you're going to feel guilty because you can't afford to hire them yet uh, you know totally. and so we're getting better at that we've Holy shit. been slowly but surely we try to add a freelancer to a project and we're testing out a lot of different freelancers mm -hmm. and by a lot I mean just two or three so far yeah. but that's the baby steps and right. that's one of the things I really wanted to change as creative director at neighbor is we can't there are only seven people mm -hmm. it's so hard to be able to create the huge variety of projects that our clients are asking us to create when we only have the same seven points of view day in and day mm. out. How can we create something unique for you when we have the same perspectives always? And like, I get that people are hiring us for neighbor's perspective, but not every person at neighbor is right for every job that neighbor works on. Damn, that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what freelancers are for. Yeah, <laughs> They exact. specialize. Totally. They go where people need them. Totally, and, and we don't, and they're not freelancers because they couldn't get a job. Exactly. They're freelancers because they they're business be. people just yeah, like us. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel about it too because like I made a decision yeah. specifically that I didn't want to be attached to anything but yeah. myself. Yeah. 
there's a reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. It's because I very much value my opinion and I want to work for people who want to work with me. I don't yeah. want to be there just because I'm there Yeah. working on whatever comes in. I yeah. want to work on things that people want me to work on. Yes. <laughs> you know? I, I want to have that freedom yeah. to um, basically allow anyone to say, Hey, we like what you do. We want to work with you. We like you, Kyle. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's fucking rock this thing out because that makes a much more compelling product in the end. Always. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely every time. Because we're having agree. fun, you know? You, you, you're you not there just to do the job at that point. It's, yeah. it's like... You're doing it because you would be doing that kind of stuff whether someone was paying you to do it or not. Right. It's just the client has the added benefit of having someone who specializes at that thing they need. Totally, totally. Yep, couldn't agree more. Love it. And and I've been seeing that that's, that's why people are hiring me right now yeah. at this point, which is great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Even, even like on set stuff, they'll be like, hey, you've done this. Let's do this again, but let's do it differently. And, and yeah. we know you can do this. And, and um, yeah, hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. So let's see. Where were we? We were at, on the timeline, we were at... Um, we were at Fisher Edit. Fisher Edit. And I then, loved Fisher Edit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've met um, a few people from there. I still organize little um, Fisher Edit reunions. Do you? And the last one, I accidentally scheduled it for Memorial Day weekend, which was my bad. I didn't even know. (laughs) Like, it was Friday, and I was like, where is everyone? And then I realized, like, oh, it's Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) Nobody's coming into work today. And crap i wonder if anyone's coming to our little reunion tonight oh man <laughs> and um quite people. a few people did show up though yeah. not yeah. not like the whole fisher crew the first one was like a huge turnout i couldn't believe sure. how many people came yeah but yeah of course i love the fisher crew nice then i went to pixel farm and then you went to pixel farm and that's that's where i met rich and and the whole crew there yeah yeah and started hanging out with Matt Pearson a lot. He was hopping between Pixel Farm and yeah. Target, Target with me yeah. and back and forth and back and forth and then eventually joined your guys' team and yeah. hung out there for a while. Um and and how long were you at Pixel Farm before two and neighbor? a half years. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty right much on. every so job cyclical, pre-neighbor two and a half was years. two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the right amount of time. <laughs> yeah. I think the equipment cage at the art institutes. Mm. I worked there for a little over two and a half years, but not quite three years. So. Wait, so how long have you? Oh, you've made it past yeah. the two and a half years. At oh Neighbor. my God. Four years. Wow. Longest I've worked <laughs> anywhere my whole life. Right except on. Except for well, farms. Don't It must be good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's weird. So you started, you, I mean, we don't need to skip over Pixel Farm. We can yeah. talk about it a little bit if you want. Yeah. Um, Pixel Farm's interesting because it's, it's definitely changed lately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they kind of, I feel like they've had a few kind of mass exoduses where like just large numbers of people leave. Yeah, right. Or they've decided that a division of their company isn't 
really working the way they were sure. hoping and they lay people off, whatever mm-hmm. business. Sure. Um, so we have to do to survive in yeah, this climate that's constantly right. changing, I'm sure. But and Pixel Farm's been, op- they're over 16 years old. I think at this point, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They're almost 20. I bet this year they're turning 20. Really? Somebody would have to confirm that. It's either this year, last year, or the next year. <sighs> I don't know, because it... Because I was there when they had their sweet 16. <laughs> and... So yeah, don't it's, remember. It's at least 20 years then. And I've been a neighbor for four years, so it's been, I mean, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. That's crazy. Yeah. Super crazy. And they're know. definitely a force to be reckoned with. I mean, yeah, they've got a reputation for being a very sturdy studio. Sure. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, but I think they do a lot of kind of post-production work more so then they do motion graphics and mm-hmm. we got to do a lot of really interesting projects when we were there yeah um, like the brewers stuff yeah and the, that was insane that was yeah. amazing i yeah. i caught just the very tail end of the twin stuff so i didn't get to work in right yeah formatted some some of the team names but right i think didn't really do anything I think I remember you working on specifically the, um, the, there was a shot. It was like going up along the side of a building and there were multiple, uh, uh, like screens with baseball, like footage. Oh yeah. For the brewer stuff. Yeah. Oh, was that for the brewers? I feel like that was, I don't remember because I know I did work on a few different things, but like the brewers, I mean, not the brewers, sorry, the twins, the twin stuff was some of the first stuff I had ever really done there. So gotcha. I don't hmm. I don't really remember. I, don't know. <laughs> I know there's like a few other really random projects that I did in there in the beginning too that hmm. like sometimes when I go through my old hard drives and I find that stuff I'm just like, "Oh yeah. That project. I forgot that I had anything to do with that." Sure. At all. Huh. But I know they had they were wrapping up the twin stuff, so they had yeah, a lot right. of like stuff that mm-hmm. needed to be done and i do remember doing a bunch of stuff i just can't remember what i did hmm. and i can't imagine that it was like a super huge contribution they had it pretty much done yeah yeah by the time i got there but i don't really remember some really good really cool shots in that in that piece for sure yeah i'll have to post a link to it on the bottom of the to the, of the podcast yeah. yeah just just for reference um yeah. but uh yeah crazy so obviously there was mass exodus that happened Mm -hmm. um and you were part of that Mm -hmm. and doesn't matter why or how but i don't even i don't think there wasn't a solid plan honestly i actually had quit a few months before oh and or attempted to quit sure and there were some it's just time to move on group at that conversations point. yeah there were some deep group conversations and i mean i had sold all my stuff i had no furniture left i was ready to go to california oh uh, me and my roommate ashley we're gonna yeah, yeah. head out to california mm-hmm. and we're gonna live with ivy for a little while totally. and we we're gonna get our start out there and we had done a couple trips out there and pixel farm was aware of this all too yeah 
and I had gone and visited a bunch of studios when I was out there. And this is going to sound really dumb, but I just didn't like the vibe, I guess, okay. of yeah. California. Like, I, I wanted to love it so much because there was so much about it that I would have thought would have been perfect. Like, the, uh, I had traveled through Venice Beach, and I was like, hippies, right? I should totally love this. Yeah. But for some reason, I just didn't. I didn't like how spread apart it was, mm-hmm. and it felt dirtier, I guess. Totally. And it was colder than I thought it would be. Hmm. Like, every time I went to visit, they'd always be like, oh, well, we have warm days. This is just one of those ha- hazy, foggy days. And I was like, no, but, like, every time <laughs> I've foggy. come here, it's always, yeah. I come in spring, it's foggy. I come in winter, it's foggy. I yeah. come in summer, it's foggy. When is pollution. it just sunny? <laughs> it's totally pollution. Yeah. In L.A. area, for sure. Yeah, well, I guess that's where I was most of the time. Yeah. I guess maybe if I would have traveled further out, I would have... Maybe I would have liked it more. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so... Sacramento's I, beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been. No, I haven't. There's Sacramento. definitely not mm. big, hazy... Uh, it's the capital city, and it's only, like, an hour oh, and a half from shit. San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely not that way at yeah. all. It's a beautiful place. But Crap. What's that? I need to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> right? I need to visit other places uh, other than the LA area. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it really matters because I think it all sort of played out anyways. But I think it's weird because I've always had... Once I got to Minneapolis, I felt like I could plan my whole life. Because mm. like I, I had one goal, leave Manitowoc. Sure. And I successfully left Manitowoc. And, and then my next goal, graduate from college. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then my next goal, get a job at Fisher Edit. And then I did. Yeah. And I kind of felt, had this like feeling of like, oh, if I plan it and I work towards it, I will get it. And totally. then I went to Pixel Farm mm-hmm. and I worked my butt off. Yeah. And I felt like people were appreciative of that but it didn't feel like anything was changing. Not just like for me, but like for the company on the whole, it felt like no matter how much hard work we put in, it was gonna be exactly the same as when we first got there. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like sense of like stagnation, it's just like, it just gnaws at you. And it doesn't matter if you're still creating work that maybe you don't love, but you like, Mm-hmm. it's it's just not you you have to feel like you're improving you have to feel like you're getting better and if you feel like you're not it's depressing absolutely yeah it takes over your entire yeah. being and you start like not wanting to do the things you love yeah. on the side and like yeah yeah i totally know that feeling yeah that happened to me at least once yeah. for sure um i feel like i felt it a lot but uh or on and off, but I th- feel like at when I was at Pixel Farm, I was torn. I felt so torn because it's it's a, a wonderful company full of lots of wonderful, incredibly nice people. Uh, but I just couldn't be happy mm-hmm. because I didn't. I felt like two and a half years. I mean, I know that's not a super long time, right. but it, the company shouldn't be exactly the same after two and a half years, mm-hmm. it, it should have evolved. It should right. have 
morphed and changed into something that was slightly better than two and a half years before that. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just felt like it wasn't. It just felt like this is the way we do things. This is the way we've always done things. This is the way we will always do things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, well, then I will never actually be a part of this. Gotcha. Because you could literally replace me with anyone. Totally. Yeah. And I don't like that. (laughs) No, no, that's not good at all. Because you need to feel, as a human, you need to feel connected to whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And if they're just like... Like what I do matters. Yeah, exactly. You need to have recognition for what you do. That was a huge issue for me in the early days of, of freelancing because I had the same issue where like... I literally could not be told that I did a good job because of the way that things were structured. Yeah. Like the people who were, who could give me fa- feedback because they were on the project actually legally couldn't tell me that or so yeah. it was told. And I was just like, well, this sucks. Yeah. Two and a half years in, I was like, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Have to go somewhere where That's somebody's going to tell me that I'm doing work. a good job. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It, luckily now, I feel like because I have a little bit more experience, I'm working with people who they just don't care at this point. They're yeah. like, you did an awesome job. Yeah. Good job. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you were going to move out to LA mm-hmm. and you decided to stay. Yeah. Why? And the people. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's those people those damn people at pixel farm they're just so fucking nice right and it like even though i was unhappy i felt like i cared about the people so Mm. much and i did genuinely feel like the individuals at pixel farm i feel like they genuinely cared about me too totally and i think i believe that they still do Mm -hmm. um and I care about them as well still to this day and all the artists that I've met and worked with in Minneapolis. Uh, but I think that maybe that was not the best decision because it doesn't like if I wasn't, if they couldn't make me happy about my circumstances, I'm not really sure how I thought in my brain that having a conversation about how much we all loved each other Hmm. would change it. (laughs) Because we already kind of knew that everybody here is really nice. Yeah. A little bit Minnesota nice. So it's not always really nice, just pleasant. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I know that sounds like an insult. It kind of is. I know what you mean. I get frustrated with Minnesota nice. Yeah, me too. Just tell me what you mean. I don't (laughs) care if it's on the little harsh. I would much rather be have someone be blunt and just tell me exactly how they feel than sugarcoat it. Yes. On any level, for sure. Especially if you're trying to give someone direction or you're trying to get direction from someone. Totally. Like, don't phrase it as a question if you yeah. definitely want me to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, <laughs> if you're going to phrase it as a question, I'm going to assume that I have some freedom <laughs> to change what that question means right. or whatever. I don't know. And then when you're super direct and you say, hey, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're a bitch or a bitch. Then dick. you're an asshole. Yeah. And Seriously. I just want to smack someone because yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? I'm actually just trying to get this right. Exactly. Just how you want it. And I don't need to dance around the object. Yeah. Like, just let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's do I it efficiently. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> now it's kind of like, well, you say that like it's a bad thing. Mm. Maybe I'm just a boss. Right. I don't know. Now you are. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, so you guys started Neighbor, and yeah. uh, basically it was just you, uh, Rich, yep, and um, Joe, and, Joe Chad. and Chad. Yeah, so Joe and Chad, they both work in 3D for real. Like, they in actually Maya. do 3D. They didn't just, like, call themselves a 3D artist sure. for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... At that point, I kind of realized like I wanted to be an art director because I was so far away from the 3D path that I originally thought I was going to be on. And I enjoyed working with a lot of really talented 3D people, Mm -hmm. including Joe and Chad. Sure. And so, yeah, we started Neighbor. We had like a few months there where we didn't really have a place to work. And so we got to work in our apartments. Yeah. And Joe's apartment was in the same building as my apartment so we just like run up and down the stairs to like be like ah i dropped that render in that folder (laughs) did you want to look at it (laughs) um and then that's awesome yeah it's been a wild ride yeah i don't even i'm i don't even know i don't even know how this happened honestly i was kind of really pissed actually if i'm being totally honest because we had that heart to heart and i decided to stay Mm -hmm. at pixel farm Mm -hmm. and then i found out like half the team was leaving and i was kind of pissed at first i was like it was because of the people that you were fucking kidding me i didn't go to california so we could all stay here together and you're telling me now (laughs) you want to leave yeah yeah you guys were there why didn't anyone say anything but then they but then i don't know it's funny how stuff like that happens yeah (laughs) crazy i got over it but then you got over it because it was good right yeah because i mean then i thought about it more deeply and i was like well the truth is i didn't really want to stay at pixel farm Mm -hmm. for anything more than the people right and the people were leaving yeah so the Not all the ones I loved. Is, I had to leave some I loved behind, right, but right, right. some of them were pretty. My group, my tight knit group, yeah. was leaving, so yeah. I left too. So it was a conversation of, "Hey, well, why don't you just come with us at that point and yeah. let's do this?" Yeah, cool. And I thought it would. I thought it'd be really exciting. Like, what is the like? What does starting a company look like? And. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? And uh, four years into it, I'm still learning what in what you should be doing in your first year. <laughs> right. I don't think you're ever going to. I have a feeling we'll be ten everything. years into this, still thinking about the things we should have done in our first year. Totally. Conversations that should have been had, mm-hmm. like uh, well, structures that should have been built. Yeah, but it it really helps that you guys already had a working base yeah you guys have been working together yeah. for multiple years yeah. you already knew everybody's styles and how they like to work and what Absolutely. they like to do and 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 how it works best and and you got luckily you got that proving ground oh yeah before starting a business and before having all those decisions put on your shoulders yeah which is awesome those first couple of years were tense though because like at pixel farm there's so many people so yeah. if you have like a um an extra tense conversation with one of your coworkers, you have other coworkers to hang out with. Mm. But like at neighbor, there was just the four of us. Yeah, right. So nobody to bitch you can, to. <laughs> you can go 
sit in this corner and work or you can go sit in that corner which is only a couple feet from this corner totally. and pout because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all that's it that's the that's the yeah. entire neighbor space right like a little <laughs> eight foot square yeah box it's like the first time that you go on a vacation with a significant other and yes. you're like wait a second it's exactly I can go anywhere. like <laughs> you start to notice habits that you didn't know right. before and right. it's like how did i not know that you always do that totally totally I've or known you for so many years or the first time you move in with someone and you're like holy shit you, we were best friends yeah. and now i hate you i don't understand why you fold your <laughs> socks that way it's infuriating <laughs> it sounds so dumb but it's so true yeah. everybody has that that moment um crazy i'm looking at the website right now um i'm not being rude i'm trying to to pick up on a few things um no worries but there's like uh yep okay so i'm trying to um kind of get like a manifesto or something like a what is neighbor like what's your philosophy do you know it off offhand like yeah elevator pitch uh we're not like just another animation studio. Mm-hmm. We're an animation studio with a very specific goal and vision for ourselves and for our clients. We believe in design-driven animation, and by that we mean that everything we do has a great amount of thought put into it. Yeah. And a lot of times that can mean that the price tag is a little bit higher, but the quality that you're gonna get is significantly more, like, it's just more valuable if everything that you're doing is thought out and has an intention and that intention comes across to viewers and um a lot of our work right now is very illustrative driven Mm -hmm. and i i have a feeling it'll continue to be very illustrative for a long time just because we tend to attract those types of artists now and we attract those kinds of clients looking for a very um that style yeah yeah not not cartoon because it can be very sophisticated as well and sometimes when you say cartoon it comes across as very childish right but we also do the childish stuff too yeah yeah because <laughs> that's fun yeah. i mean kids right who doesn't We've, like to be a kid for the rest of their life i mean i would love to be a kid for the rest of my life me too I'm planning on it that's why the <laughs> i don't ever want to grow up is a thing because yeah. everybody actually secretly wants to stay young forever. Totally. Except time. for me. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> mind just like bumping up five years and then staying there for five years. Like being 35 for five years. Okay. Yeah. I've already lied and started telling people that I'm turning 31. Really? I haven't even turned 30 yet. So I just turned 30 in May. Doesn't feel any different. It's yeah. the same damn thing. Damn it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm banking on it. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, but yeah, no, it's it's about the same. Mm. But, huh, crazy. Okay, so neighbor seems to be going really well. Yeah. Are there any new developments that um, are already public knowledge that I might not know about, mm. Mm. or ones that you want to drop right now? I'm trying to think there's like a really big one that I want to, but we're still developing, so I no can't, which is so frustrating <laughs> because I Teaser. think it's, it's like, it's just, it, I think, it'll, I think people will find it interesting. Cool. Uh, 
We have a new intern. Okay. His name is Nathan. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his last name, but we'll probably be putting his stuff up either on our Twitter or, um, on I mean, website. he just started, like he's only in for like two days so far, Okay. but he is so good. What? He's so good. He's an animator. He's an illustrator. An illustrator. Cool. Uh, so the way our internship started, it was actually a bet. Mm. Uh, I had a bet with our boss, Rich, mm-hmm. our president, uh, Presidente, <laughs> uh, that you could teach an illustrator to animate mm. faster than you could teach an animator to illustrate. Whoa. Which is funny because, in theory, all animators should have a basic knowledge of illustration and composition yeah. and color yeah. and design. Just a general knowledge totally. will do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they don't. Right. A lot of animators that I've met and worked with in general are very good at the tools that they use. Totally. <clears throat> but they don't necessarily know how to draw. They don't always completely understand. Some of them actually make really good compositional decisions, sure. but they don't understand why. They're they just don't. doing it from instinct and they don't have like the kind of education that you'd think they'd have sure. to back it up. Sure. They don't um, have the principles and the and yeah. the, the full-rounded education of like the principles of, of, yeah. of how to compose a shot. Exactly. Thirds, They've got the principles rule, of animation, like, but they do they do not have the principles of design. Gotcha. And it's like wow how yeah. did you get this far through i think it's a job but yeah also very disappointing right but you're you're also talking about straight up animators too mm-hmm. right so yes. like that's people who specifically wanted to animate right and, and that's much very much that. a lot of times i feel and i don't know why this was but people who want to animate get into this little rut of like all I want to do is learn the technology in order to mm-hmm. do it. I don't want to know why it's there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really want to know how it gets there. And, yeah. and I'm generalizing here, which is fucking stupid. But, yeah. but well, I, it's just what I've been seeing. It's a trend. Yeah. And, and we saw this at AI as well. All the animators, oh, yeah. were they were not looking past the technicals of how it worked. Yeah. They were, they, they, they never thought about like, why is it four by three instead of 16 by nine? Like, <laughs> how can I compose this differently? Can I go cinemascope with it and have a totally dramatic different feel yeah. to it? Can I throw a different lens on there and all of a sudden it becomes more intimate or, you know, um, yeah. or less intimate to push it that to push it forwards or, or like the principles of like how color affects your psych, psych yes. psyche. Um, that's something that most people didn't get yeah. or didn't care about and they've glossed over it. Exactly. But I feel like, the, the brain of the of the people who ended up going into visual effects or went along that path, they almost always were interested in yeah. the theory behind something or yeah. like, why a are we splitting the frame this way? With like a very cinematic perspective. Sure. And there's a lot that you can kind of get through instincts mm-hmm. from that. Like if you obsess and you pour over movies, you start to kind of pick up on the patterns in those, the, like the design principles of making a film uh, instinctively. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't critically think about it yeah. and you don't 
almost even like write down, okay, why do I think that the director chose this shot? And why do I feel so moved by this succession of shots? Mm -hmm. If you don't really analyze that, then it's going to be really hard to do it yourself, but then also to sell a client on that. Sure. Because you have to be able to use your words. Totally, totally. And And sometimes you have to get technical yeah. Uh, as far as like why you made that decision yeah. in order for them to even consider that decision, yeah. which is, I don't know. I mean, my advice to animators curse, would be that's completely fine if you just want to do the technical. But mm-hmm. if you want to get far in your career, it's incredibly important for you to find a designer or an illustrator totally. whose work you admire mm-hmm. and who whose work you'd love to see moving and partner up with them Mm -hmm. because no matter how much you want people to just look at the animation, that first frame, not even the moving part of it, but that first frame really, really fucking matters. Totally. And that it's like your first impression. Like I can't get past poor design Mm -hmm. to see great animation. Sometimes I can, but Hmm. mostly I'm just like, it's so ugly. You would have to spend so much time with that person. Hmm. And yes, their animation is pretty decent or pretty great even, but you would have to work extra hard to get their that frame mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I won the bet. You won the by bet. The way. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you can teach three illustrators how to animate in both Photoshop and After Effects, doing cell animation and your stereotypical keyframe, basic mm-hmm. keyframe animation in After, Efre- After Effects. Um, and you can do it in about 30 days, less than, because yeah. weekends, I didn't teach them anything on the weekends. Um, and they produced, I think it was like a minute long animation to like a poem that we borrowed, or not borrowed, I yeah. guess we yeah. took it and kept it yeah. from this local poet. Awesome. So that's awesome that you were able to do that. I would have, I would have bet that as well. Yeah. Because I've, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've helped well, we teach someone. We were always looking for animators and I was like, fuck animators. Yeah. Like, God, yeah. I'm just like sick of animators. Like all we get is animators and you know what? They argue with you. <laughs> they argue that it doesn't matter what the colors are and that it doesn't matter what, and it's like, you know what? It does matter because what? if I pause it, this it better look good yeah and if it doesn't or even if you're it's playing and it's all brown and yellow what am i supposed to feel from brown and yellow i feel sad and depressing and like i'm stuck in the 90s that's Mm -hmm. what i feel Mm -hmm. what do you feel yeah well i feel like this is the greatest animation i've done great you're the only person who feels like that oh and then they get really like yeah they 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 yeah. become so absorbed with it and they're like, I took so much time but on this But look at thing. how the foot lands yeah. and lifts up and it's like, yeah, you wanted Doesn't... me to look at such a tiny detail, just crop it then. Just right. crop it right around the foot mm-hmm. and tell me what you want to look mm-hmm. at because yeah. I am distracted by the brown mess that you have going on here. The overall aesthetic is giving you the wrong impression. Yeah. It's it's not communicating properly yeah. is the issue and they're focused on the technicals of how exactly how it moves or whatever yeah yeah and i think that's completely fine but you need to at least be smart enough to know that 
design does matter. Absolutely. And if you can't do it or you choose not to do it, then you need to find someone to do it because it should be a part of every mm -hmm. visual process. Totally. It should be a part of every process, period. Totally. I mean, you design your day. You design your schedule. You design your computer your setup. Space, you know, yeah. like you design. Everything has design. It's just, is it thoughtful or is it yeah. just slapped together? Right, right. You have you have a certain way of looking at something and, and you have to um, inject your personal touch into it, your aesthetic, your sensibilities. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just another yeah peace it's just it has no heart to it it has no soul to it yeah it's like somebody saying i can barbecue yeah you can throw a piece of meat on a on a grill but that doesn't mean it's gonna be good yeah if you actually care about it you're gonna make your own rub or you're gonna make yeah. your own barbecue sauce or you're gonna actually like or you find people who make those things to make your steak better totally like going to a restaurant yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> totally totally well awesome um I would love to hear any questions that you have for me. If you have any questions. Questions for you, just, you? Yeah, if you just want to, if you have anything. Otherwise, it's no big deal. We yeah. can just skip ahead and. No, I feel like I should. Do you have anything? I have, I brought some notes, but they were all like things I thought you might ask. Okay. Actually, most of them were names because I couldn't remember. All oh. the people that I went to school with. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, in my brain, there's like waves of students. Sure. So like when I first started, there was this cluster of people, or wave, whatever. Bergen I'm changing analogies. And, yeah. Uh, actually, they would be at the same time, of maybe a little bit later. Yeah, I graduated before Bergman. Really? Because I was like an in-betweener. Mm. So there's like Zach Mant, Brandon Ketchell, Matt oh, Gilson. Yeah. Gotcha. They're all matte painters now. Right. And then Sam Feske, motion designer, mm -hmm. Pat Nagel, amazing mm -hmm. compositor. I'm sure he's doing coding things now. Yeah. Because he's a big time code nerd. They were the first ones to go through mm -hmm. AI, through that program at, yeah. at AI. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, James Watterson, he's like, a, I, I think that he's probably like a big wig over at Luma. I'm not sure. Hmm. I went to look on the website, I couldn't find him, but I remember that he's been there for like forever now. Hmm. Like as long as I've been graduated from college, he's been at Luma. Wow. And uh, then he's there with Jared Simith too, like taught some of the Nomen classes on Damn. like matte painting projection. Totally. And like, I think there's a lot of students that have no idea that those people ever existed. Huh. Yeah. Or and that they ever went to AI. Right. And I've I've forgotten about them yeah. too because they were I feel there. like we mentioned a lot of the really cool people and I just want to make sure that they get on the list. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because there would be no VFX program if they hadn't chosen to go to school there. Totally. And, and showed the school that it could be profitable. Right. And they paved the way oh my for God, all of yes. us and helped develop the I'm sure everybody who went through on the first wave helped develop the entire curriculum for, for oh, the yeah. next up until now even, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Crazy. And I feel like uh, a lot of the really, really tight clusters, like we'll just call them the first wave, second wave, third wave, okay. like including like Jason Bergman and mm -hmm. Adam Dunn and that group. And then the ones that came after it, like Brent Droog and sure. Pearson yep. and all the others um 
I feel like those students are the students who made it worthwhile for the teachers to stick around. Yeah. And there would be no school if it wasn't for the teachers sticking around. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's their fault that the school's still open. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like, there wouldn't be any point to going there if there wasn't anyone to teach. Absolutely. And right. that those great students, that the teachers and the students, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're both awesome. Yeah. They're both awesome. Yeah. And they, <laughs> neither of them would have been successful without the other. Right. Absolutely. I and, totally agree. And, and when you, I, I remember like, for instance, when Patricio left, yeah. right? It was a big fucking oh deal. Oh my like, God. It was yeah. huge. Like a lot of people didn't I like I pretty his much thought style. that was the end of AI. Right. I was like, I did mm, too. Yeah. That school shitty now. Yeah. No point in going there. I did too. And, and for some dumb reason too, like he, he wasn't showing up to classes on time or something. <sighs> That's what I heard. I have no idea. And Honestly, at this point I have no freaking clue. He was the best teacher. I liked well, a lot Hugo of people hated his style because Patricio's he was very, style? Yeah, yeah, because he was very like, okay, we're going to do this lesson. Boom. We're on the road. And yeah. it was just like, I'm not stopping yeah. at this point because y'all should be caught up yeah. and you should know exactly what the hell is going on. And, but you know, he would stop after yeah. his lesson and come back and like talk to everyone individually and, yeah. and, and figure it out. But a lot of people hated that. I think and he I was think, a better one-on-one teacher. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I I liked him as a teacher, too. I don't know if I... I mean, he just seemed so young. Right. Really. Right. He, did, he wasn't even that much older than we were at the time. Yeah. Uh, and he had already had two degrees. He had a master's degree yeah. and he had a bachelor's degree. Um, How did he do that? Now that film, he had, had to be like only like 27, 28 years old. Right, right. I had that conversation with him. I asked him that a long time ago and at some point hopefully he'll be on the podcast but he yeah. keeps wrestling with me about it but yeah. I would Patricio, love to tell you his should, you should be on the show <laughs> definitely I would love to have him um he keeps saying what would we talk about I'm like everything are you kidding Splice? me you're what's super you yeah to? why are you like, here are you like what's plans? going on totally totally Do you miss teaching yeah are you glad you aren't doing it there's anymore? a million questions that <laughs> yeah. i want to ask patricio and i don't want to just have that conversation i want everyone to be able to hear it because yeah. i feel like it's valuable for oh, sure yeah. um, a lot of people loved patricio yeah absolutely absolutely um i'm trying to think uh I think a lot of people liked Hegel too. Yeah. I thought Hegel's definitely. humor was lowbrow, but people like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like lowbrow, but anytime a student comes in with a lowbrow reel and they're like, oh, my teachers told me to change it. I'm like, listen, there is a market for that. There oh, yeah. are people who like that. Oh, yeah. You just keep doing you. Yeah. That's what you do. <laughs> don't That's try to be super do. commercial if you're not a super commercial right. person. Right. Right. If you like lowbrow, find those lowbrow companies like absolutely what the what's the one i can't think of any uh <sighs> the tim and eric awesome show right right perfect right spot for anyone there's, who loves lowbrow animation right there's tons of it there's tons of it out there um and visual effects as well like in the same yeah. genre of, yeah yeah sharknado Campy. anyone yeah exactly sharknado uh, pretty sure that wasn't serious or, it was meant to be a joke pernado oh, wait no piranha the 
Piranha. There's a lot of really yeah. Bad ones. There's a ton of spinoffs off of that one. Yeah, um, but super campy. People love just, them because yeah, campy. I feel like campy is a better way to describe it than lowbrow. Sure. So I feel like lowbrow sounds like shitty, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's it's a style, right? And a very very well defined intentional style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, love it. Yeah, Hegel is is definitely one of my favorite people on this planet at this point just because of how much passion he has for yes. teaching and how much passion he has for everyone around him. He just never stops. Like He was at AI the longest, wasn't he, for the big, VFX? Yeah, absolutely. And kind of even animation. Yeah. Maybe him maybe it was a tie between him and Shannon. I sure, don't. Shannon was there, but now he's not. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what the school must be like. It's got to be crazy at this point. It's been forever since I've been there, but the last time I was there. If you can find a student who's actually worth. Oh, oh can <laughs> we can get Damn rid of it. that. <laughs> well, a student whose perspective is actually like valuable. Yeah. God, that still sounds well, like an insult. It, here's the a deal: a student who has an honest perspective on what the school is like now. If they, if there is a student who was there when Hegel was there. And Shannon, but mm-hmm. who is also there when they aren't there, if they can give an honest perspective. Sure, <laughs> sure. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I'd be interested because mm-hmm. they were the only connections I had left to that school. I yeah. guess Deggy. Deggy's still there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, I don't know, I don't know how much time I would give that place at this point just because of all all the closings of all the other schools yeah. and everything. And that's kind of sad, but... I knew they were doing something fishy. Well, it's fishy because every single, I don't know, it felt like every year they had a brand new president. Yeah. It was not consistent. And it they was all changed the up place. the financial officers right. all, the time, all the time. So you never had the same financial officer from quarter to quarter. That was really infuriating they were taking money out of my one of my loans one of my student loans accrued interest while i was in school and it was supposed to be like Mm -hmm. an in case of emergencies only kind of loan you know okay in case i needed equipment or books or something that i couldn't get on my own and then i would go in and they had like the original like loan contract that i had signed and then I would be like, no, I don't want to take this extra 500 out anymore. I don't need it. Sure. Like, I really don't. Just put it back. Yeah. And I would have to return every single quarter for like the last two years of school because they would miraculously lose the new contract that I'd sign and I would bring it in, like my copy. I'd be like, this is the copy I have. And they'd be like, well, this is the the only copy we have. And it'd be the original one that I signed when I did not know what I was doing. And like, I'd be like, that is from when I first started here. Look at the date on mine. How did you lose this paperwork? But it, the conversation never went anywhere mm-hmm. because I never had the same financial officer right. for more than three months in a mm-hmm. row. Yep. And I thought that was really fishy. And then I also saw the budget hmm. because I worked in the equipment cage and we were responsible for oh, fixing things. Sure. And there was a budget of like 60 bucks or something stupid uh, for painting the green screen room. Okay. And the green screen room was like my baby. It yeah. was my pride and joy Yeah. because I took care of it. Mm-hmm. Like I swept it and I yelled at totally. those damn kids skateboarding in there. It's <laughs> not a skateboard ramp. Yeah. And... 
like we when uh there was uh this hilarious woman shari who worked in the equipment mm, cage and yep. she would fix things yep and I remember her. like me and her would work together to try to make sure that at any given time there were at least three working lights, Totally. which I took a lot of pride in yeah. and we worked, we had to, we had to scream at people to make it happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. But anyways, back to the green room, there was 60 bucks budgeted for painting the green room like every year. $60. You can't even buy two gallons of green, even outside of that, that budget that. would magically disappear. So there were occasional periods of time where an entire year would pass and the green screen room would not be painted. Right. And it finally, I think there was like teachers where they, they, they would get like upset about it and they would just go buy the damn paint themselves. That's unacceptable. No, it's terrible. Especially for how much money we are paying for one student's tuition out of all the students that were in the visual effects program. Yeah. And that's not even counting the other programs that also use the green screen room, but just for the visual effects. Right. You could have had a top of the, you could have top of the line computers for all the students mm-hmm. from just one student's tuition. Totally. Uh, you could have the best green screen room with plenty of lights. Yeah. I mean, our 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 lighting classes were a joke. They were a total joke. Uh, Absolute so joke. So mad about it. I still. was pissed too. Yeah. For sure. And we organized like student advisory committee, the student advisory committee. Mm-hmm. It was the first, like it was, uh, there were a few people. We started organizing uh, people to go to the open forums where you had the opportunity to talk to the president. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. yeah. It kind of went nowhere because it got turned into, they told did us a couple of those, right? that they valued our thoughts and opinions. Yeah, because we we attracted so many students right. to the open forum that they, the school like had it in this like tiny little office room mm. kind of thing. And we attracted so many students that the students had to stand in the hallway. <sighs> and there were so many people showing up to these things that they decided that they couldn't do the open forums like that anymore because there were too many students showing sure. up. Mm-hmm. And there was there was one point where I may have accused the president at the time of something being quote unquote fishy, mm. which is exactly what I said. Like, seems a little fishy to me. Sure, sure. And he was like, you don't see all the things we don't or that we pay for, like the napkins in the... Um, in the the lobby, the downstairs, like oh the what was that called? The student lounge or whatever. Yeah. He's like like the napkins for the student lounge and the forks and knives for the student lounge and uh, the frames for the artwork that we hang on the walls and the computers and the programs and the maintenance. And I was like, actually, I do see that though. Mm. And FYI, there are no napkins in right. the student lounge. Right. When was and the last time you had? There some? are no forks and knives in the student lounge. Seems a little fishy to me yeah and then that was pretty much the end of open forums which my bad i have a temper yeah no no it's (laughs) good though so then they let us passionate about what 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 actually matters so mad they were taking advantage of people and like they they had the recruiters would walk around and be like this is our new g6 lab right g6 is not a fucking thing (laughs) okay it was a g5 (laughs) And then it was something different, but it wasn't a G6. Mm-mm. And FYI, the highest our technical shit went up to at that point was mm-hmm. a G5. So the new G6, I'm doing air quotes. Right, right. The new G6 <laughs> lab was actually just another G5 lab. And those, oh, they were so dumb. They lied. And it was kind of like 
it felt like an insult because the only kind of students you're going to attract at that point are the ones who are so uninformed totally. and have no idea what they're signing up for totally. and are probably ill-equipped to even be in the program. Absolutely. That's the saddest part about it. I was told, I was told straight up that Avid was, they had Avid systems and that's why they were, they were like, they brought me through the editing room and there were a bunch of Macs. And yeah. I was like, Avid's not on Mac. Yeah. And he like looked at me and he was like, oh no, it's in another room. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But it didn't, so it, at that like moment, think, like, that's like, kind of fishy. At that moment, I didn't yeah. think anything of it. I was like, well, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't there be another room with yeah. exactly what he's talking about? Yeah. <sighs> Enough bitching about AI at this point, I think. Yeah. I mean, we could do this for 12 days, but... If you're a student out there or a prospective student thinking about going to AI, do not go to AI. Save yourself some money. Mm-hmm. Sign up for... Uh, what's that one? Motion motion Mentor? When, uh, I mentioned really it earlier. One. Motion. I know, <laughs> and it's so Shit. good. No, I can't remember. But there is motion Mo-graph mentor. Well. Mograph mentor. Mograph. Mograph mentor. They have amazing teachers. You're right. gonna work with the best people in the industry to learn how to do this job. And Just do not up. go to AI. Do not waste your money. No. If you are thinking about getting like a degree, think about something. You know, like yeah, a bachelor's you could degree. Go to Stanford. Think about yeah, well, right. I mean, if you can, it's gonna be cost you less, right, <laughs> to go to Stanford. Right. Well, I would. I was gonna say I would recommend doing something that's accredited. Period. Yeah. If you're going to do it, because AI does not have accreditation the way that you would think <sighs> that it would. Know that. What happened, and I found out this firsthand because I went to Savannah College of Art and Design to go get a master's degree, yeah. toured the entire place, got to the point where I was about to sign papers, and they said, none of your your core classes transfer from your bachelor's degree. So either you need to uh, take a test for the general classes, which is the GRE or whatever, yeah. and and maybe you can opt out, but you still have to pay for those classes, or you need to start over with a new bachelor's degree. You can't just go into the master's degree program with your bachelor's from AI. And I was like, that I is, flew home and was be so super, super depressed. Because I mean, actually, I'm pretty sure it is illegal. <laughs> it's terrible. And they sh- they should be sued even more than they already have. I mean, they, they got sued for $10 billion just for the photography program in this one in Philadelphia, I think. Yeah. And, and that was because they were using um, funds to to recruit that were supposed to be allocated for yeah. something. Uh, it was a federal fund thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they got sued a shit ton of money, but they should do it again. Yeah. They just and when they get sued, place. it's like, didn't they get sued because of other recruiting practices? Like they were, uh, what's that called? Like commissions? Mm-hmm. Like you'd make a commission on recruiting, which you're not supposed to do if you accept federal student loans sure. and federal student aid. And mm. the thing that sucks about that is like, yeah, the government can sue them and get their money back, but the students are still paying on those loans. Totally. And Forever. they're also still paying the interest on those loans yeah. Yeah. for an overpriced product. 
Ugh. and a devalued product as well. It's just not even worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you can't take it and go somewhere else. Yeah. You can't get a master's degree to eventually teach no. with it, um, which was my end game. I was like, I'm going to do this and then work in the industry for 15 years and then teach. Yeah. That was my plan. And that got completely squashed because I wasn't going to pay another massive amount and go no. through another four years of college and or three and three and a half, whatever the hell it was in the Maybe end. there's a way to get like an honorary master's. Is that possible for anyone know. who's not famous or a politician? Right. I straight up was like, but look at my portfolio. I've been at Target for three years. Here's my demo yeah. reel. They're like, it's great. It's beautiful. It's awesome. You clearly know what the fuck you're doing, but it has nothing to do with that. <sighs> so I was just like very, very depressed at that point. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I don't know. I stayed at Target for another little bit and then moved on. But, um, but yeah, so tell me about your podcast oh, or yes. the podcast that you're a part of Swim. slash group. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, ideally in the future, it'll be much more than a podcast. Yeah. It's swim strong women in motion. Yeah. And we actually interview women outside of motion design cool. as well. Um, just because a lot of the industries that are close to or similar to motion design actually struggle from the same thing that motion design does, which mm -hmm. is very low representation for women and minorities. Um, and we've kind of taken the perspective that like we, we completely understand that the idea of balancing the scales in terms of like men and women is actually just like one piece of a huge diversity problem. Totally. If you're, it's great to have to work with people who have similar points of view because it can streamline the process. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that you're not actually creating work for just one point of view. Uh, when, totally. Especially when you work in advertising or an exper experiential design, um, things like that. You're, you're creating work that is going to be viewed by a huge variety of people. And you can't honestly say that you can connect with those people if you've never met or worked or had a serious conversation with anyone that fits in the demographic that your agency or your client is telling you they're trying to hit. And totally it's a, it's weird because it's actually not so much a problem in the schools as much anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the top uh, animation schools, I don't have the article like right in front of me, no. but uh, a lot of the top animation schools actually have over 50% women uh, enrolled in their programs. Gotcha. Yep. But then when it comes time for graduation and getting out into the industry, they women in general actually make up less than 20% mm -hmm. of the industry. And yeah. that's awful. I mean, we're 50% of the population. Right. Um, and that also trickles into not just motion, but yeah. also everywhere in everywhere. society. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way we represent women should probably be influenced by women. <laughs> and I think the same thing for... Uh, people of various ethnicities and backgrounds mm -hmm. that if we are at any point telling their story, they, they better damn well be a part of that story and they better be a part of making it. Yeah. Um, 
and there's a there's so much work out there like there's a lot of studios one thing i love about motion design is it seems like a fairly uh progressive industry very forward thinking very in general the impression that i get is that people genuinely care for other human beings sure. and that when we do motion design we do it for a purpose and we do it for a cause and we do it for the betterment of the world but if we actually believe that and we actually as a whole want to see the world be a better place then maybe we should start with our industry hmm. yeah and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so we interview um, really amazing women, not just in motion graphics, yeah. um, in film, in live action, shooting live action. Okay. Uh, we plan on interviewing some prominent ladies in tech in the IT world. Cool. Um, people who do episodic television mm -hmm. um, and a, ver a variety of women, too. Yeah. Not just like one type of woman. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. <clears throat> I have a name for you um, at some point. For sure. As well. <laughs> it's good because we can't Google the internet. Yeah. Or Google the internet. Google the sure. internet. <laughs> we can't Google the internet. But you can't just type in motion graphics female. Right. And find who you want to find. Totally. I mean, you might get lucky. I've actually, what I started doing was Googling motion graphics animation and the word her or she. Mm, to maybe so articles find articles that might be written. Someone. That's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But most of the people that we found have either been just because we've found our own heroes throughout time, sure. or they've a lot of them have actually been through recommendation. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. women that would have been hard to find absolutely. any other way. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, Me too. for you. <laughs> That's <laughs> Me awesome. Too. Cool. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Do you have, do you have like a, a favorite project or a favorite memory from something that you've recently done? Yes. Yeah. I definitely do. Um, the motion poem, Western civilization. Mm -hmm. I think I would consider that the first project that I helmed because I chose to, <laughs> mm -hmm. not because it was like, oh, that it, not because it was my job. Sure. Um, I had done like personal projects on the side, but always kind of by myself and the kind that mm. never really see the light of day and they're more just for me to learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with motion poems, I wanted to do a motion poem for a while and I'm really glad that I didn't get the opportunity sooner because I think right at the time that they asked me to do one yeah. was right at the time that I was becoming more brave about asking other people to help me on projects that I want to do. Gotcha. Uh, so my, I guess I'm really happy with the way that the motion poem turned out and I love the poem. It's an amazing poem by Peter uh, Peter J. Shippey. Okay. And it's about, the way that I took it is it's sort of about like kind of angst and coming of age in, not really coming of age, because I imagine that the main character would be a 20 to 30 something, kind of just gra grasping 
the idea that like you could work forever. That's my interpretation mm-hmm. of it, that yeah. you could work forever and going on like one last wild trip <laughs> to remember the passion that will get them through life forever. Yeah. And I loved the poem, which is why one, one of the reasons I really liked it, but I really loved what I learned while working on it. Um, I learned how to not fear just emailing people and asking them if I can use their space or if I can use their talents or if I can mm. just use them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I learned how to strike deals with friends and how to um, see the strengths in individuals and how that could benefit the project that I was working on. Wow. Yeah. So like I had this friend, uh, Val, who's credited as doing additional animation. Mm -hmm. And the really exciting thing about how much of the animation she was able to produce on that project is that she had kind of only tinkered around in Photoshop before we started that project. And yeah, so I had just gotten my like Cintiq. It's not a real Cintiq. It's a ripoff Cintiq. Okay. Because uh, I knew I'd be doing a lot of cell animation, but then I realized I had a significant amount of roto to do, mm. and then also the animation in general. And when I was working with Val, at first it was like, "Oh, can you just cut out these couple images?" Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Okay, just show me how you want them cut out." And then I just show her, yeah, and she'd be like, "Okay, great." And then she cut out images, and she got so good so fast that I was like, "Okay." would you mind doing some rotoscoping? It's kind of like what you're doing right. already, right. but it's moving. Right. And also I'm going to be leaving for two weeks. So if you just want to use my apartment and my computer hmm. and my Cintiq, maybe yeah. it'll make the process easier. Totally. And so I went to Hawaii and when I came back, she had done a ton of roto Nice. and she was like, Oh, I love this. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. I love this. <laughs> like Yay. you are doing so much. And so we got to, it was really exciting because it was like things that seem so things, parts of the process that have become very mundane and just not interesting for me to work on anymore. were suddenly like yeah. incredibly interesting again because I was able to see it through her eyes oh, awesome. and like feel really inspired about like yeah you think that's great let's see what else can i show you that i know how to do that i think that could be like a building block to the Mm -hmm. next thing and before we got to the end of the project she was doing actual animation and it was really exciting and it was over the course of three months yeah so it's really cool anybody's looking for an animator yeah yeah it's really cool when you can meet someone who is like a sponge like that yeah and you can and they actually want to know more and yeah you're like well cool i haven't gone through this path in a really long time like yeah. i haven't i it's haven't like, oh, personally I hate learned Roto, right but i do vaguely kind of remember being a little excited a little about exci- the possibilities <laughs> once i knew how to do yeah, it yeah and yeah. then i did it too much and then i didn't like it anymore right right um, I was pretty much done with rotoscoping after my first project. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I this actually, is terrible. But now there's so much better tools out there than what we were yeah. dealing with and different techniques Oh yeah, that work so much better uh, than the random shape in in Shake and 
barely knowing shake to begin with like literally oh cutting God. things out most of the time when we were doing roto at least when oh. i was in school it was frame by frame yep. sometimes because mm-hmm. you there was no other way right. it was going in one direction on one frame and then in the other direction yeah. on the next frame yeah. and then the other direction yeah. and it usually and now, because you didn't have a lock off camera right but right right <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you didn't have the technology that yeah. you were supposed to have yeah. to do the things that you needed to yeah, do that's true. in order to you do your projects have a working tripod so you make do <laughs> <laughs> so you built one like I did. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Then I worked with uh, Emery Allen who does really great custom typography stuff. So mm. all the type in there is nice. custom courtesy of Emery. And then my friend Ashley mm-hmm. does makeup. Okay. Which was pretty much the basis of like the idea for the whole project was that I didn't want to animate the characters i wanted the characters to be live action Mm -hmm. in this animated world but i wanted them to feel like they were also kind of a part of the animation yeah but like i wanted to throw them into the uncanny valley are they real or are they not real Mm. and uh yeah so she did all the makeup stuff which is cool because i can hardly even put eyeliner on myself Sure, sure let alone draw fine detailed lines and texture yeah. on another person's face mm-hmm. when they're all like wiggly and stuff so mm-hmm. it was a great i feel really embarrassed because i haven't seen it that's okay It'll i need exciting. to I'm, I'm i'm gonna get super excited that's the first thing i'm gonna do yeah the music on it's really great it was uh joey joey v i don't know vertovitas I don't know. I'm pretty bad. I'm lucky if I can remember first names. <laughs> if I can remember your last name, it probably means I don't know your first name. <laughs> uh, I, you only I'm get terrible one. with names too. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, so it's bad. It's hard because there's so many people. You meet so many we, people in yeah. this position, like in yeah. in this industry. Yeah. Especially when you like shoot too that that whole thing where you're like a brand new crew of people of 30 people that you've never known and you're like oh god i can barely remember my own name at this point yeah Yeah. crazy totally well awesome yeah i'm excited to um to watch that and then also to post it sweet for everyone for sure yeah Yeah. watch it it's good the music's good the type is good i'm excited I like the colors too. It's black and white. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Okay. Now now I just want to watch it right now. <laughs> but so like, okay. So for you, what's in the future and what what do you see in the near future um as something that is inspiring you or or pushing you forward? Right. I'd say in the near future most of my aspirations involve Minneapolis on the whole. Uh, I would like to see Minneapolis grow into a place where it is a go-to place, where there's a wealth of creative people Mm. to choose from, styles to choose from, studios to choose from. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that high tide rises all boats or raises all boats. I actually had a conversation with a guy in economics who was like, that's not true. Hmm. And I was kind of like, please don't tell anyone because I actually think that it is true if you believe it. If we all band together and we promote each other, 
we'll all get a lot more promotion for one. Mm -hmm. And for two, hmm, how do I explain this? If everybody starts charging more for their services, then everybody will make more for their services because there won't be, it won't be a race to the bottom. It will be a race to the top. Nice. Yep. And I would like to see Minneapolis involved in that race to the top. Yeah. And with workers being able to work remotely more and more frequently Mm -hmm. and with the ability to work with agencies, not just here in Minneapolis, but nationally and internationally, I think that it's an opportunity for a place like Minneapolis to regrow the industry that once was booming. Yeah, sure. Um, I feel like it's about accessibility right now a lot exactly. where, where things are not... It's hard to find things. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find it's hard to find events, it's hard to find artists, it's hard to find the studios. Sure. Um and a lot of times for a project, especially for the projects coming from an, from an agency, they're looking for a very specific niche. Mm-hmm. So our our studio all the studios here in Minneapolis, the way I'd love for everyone to kind of agree that we should look at it is that no studio is better than mm. another studio. We're all just different. Yeah, yeah. And there is a novelty to every single studio because they fill a specific niche. Mm-hmm. And that if we all can agree on that, then we can all be the best at what we do. Right. And we can all be the best together. And there is a very worrisome kind of hmm, personality yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. competition it's i feel like when people don't want to talk about the projects that they've done or they don't want to share the trade secrets of how they accomplish Mm. something it's because they feel as though someone else if they knew how to do that would do it better than them Hmm. and I think you can't really hang your hat on knowing how to do one thing. Absolutely. That really it's your ideas and it's the way you complete a process or complete a project, your process Mm -hmm. and really the novelty of what it is that you do that is more powerful than knowing how to do a, a very specific technical thing. Sure. I also think that on the whole studios in Minneapolis should share how they do business Mm -hmm. because there's absolutely no reason for every individual studio to completely reinvent the wheel Hmm. because nobody is talking to each other. I think you're hitting on a cultural issue here in the United States. And it's something that's been very evident to me since I've been across the pond at this point. And I I was seeing how, how like, how different it is. It's not here. It's very much about the individual and what you can do as that individual Mm -hmm. to excel and, and get above the next person or the person next to you. It's not about sharing knowledge. And, and the, the areas where I see things being shared freely, the internet is a perfect place, perfect Uh example for it. Right. You see it everywhere. Um, but I think a lot of times here in the United States, 
we are so about that individual it's fucking bullshit. I'll I'll say that right now. It's yeah. it's I love the 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 fact that you feel empowered as an individual to do something, but if you are the only one yeah. doing something, you're not strong enough to stand up yeah. and and do that for very long. You'll get knocked down and somebody else will take it over. Right. So if you band together and all go for one one thing, right. that's so much more powerful and it can go for so much longer. Yes. And I'll take it back to the analogy of like when when I was in Europe, there's something um, in Scotland in particular. You can there's it's called the right to roam, and and what you basically can do is all of the land is not owned by an individual. Like this is your land, you own it, it is your thing. But that doesn't mean somebody else can't come and camp on it. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. It's like mind blowing to me because growing up in the United States. It's my fucking property. If you're not yeah. I paid here, for if you're it, trespassing, if you're trespassing, it. I will shoot you. Yeah. I have the right to shoot you. That's that's Selfish. just not human. Humanity can't sustain that type of. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it goes against everything as a human that we've learned. In order to to succeed, right? How to share? Right, you have to be able to share in order to propel a society forward. Yeah. And when you look at it with this mentality of this is my own thing, I've built this. This is my castle. Blah blah blah. Get the fuck off my lawn. That is so closed, and you start to only look inside, and you only look around you at the things that you already know, and you don't grow as a human. Yeah. And I think. It's kind of crazy, but that's kind of my whole point of doing this podcast where I want to share knowledge. Yeah. Every single individual that I talk to on this podcast has their own life path and they have their own experiences. Yeah. But they are willing to talk about it and share it and say, guess what? I want other people to learn from it. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the whole point of it yeah. at this point. It's, it's, it's not... If we yeah. all share, we all gain. Totally. Absolutely. You're giving me shivers right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're on the exact the same page. That is the point of nice moves. Totally. Love so, it. Yeah. Awesome. For anyone listening to, you can check out nice-moves.com. It's where we're aggregating a calendar of wonderful events happening in Minneapolis. And if you're outside of Minneapolis, feel free to visit again because we're going to be a lot more welcoming this time. (laughs) If anyone isn't welcoming, let nice moves know. (laughs) We'll convince them. There you go. Awesome. I think we could probably wrap it up. Sure, sure. I feel feel pretty good about this. Yeah? You feel feel good about this? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. It was it was fun. Um, I usually, it becomes kind of a blur as it's happening because yeah. it's just like I get into a motion and a rhythm and it does feel like a conversation and, yeah. and I don't really always retain all of the information yeah. like from start to finish. Like I can't just grab one piece right now, totally. but, but it's because I'm excited about it and, yeah. and, and I'm excited to, to get it out there for everyone to listen to and to learn from. Oh, sure. Um, I was yeah. actually a little worried because I was like, because I know you. Yeah. And I've had like deeper level conversations with you that I was like, oh my God, am I going to feel too comfortable? Oh. Am I going to say things that I regret? No. And then the other part of me was like, I don't know. There's not many thoughts I regret having. Sure. So I guess if, if I don't regret having the thought, maybe I shouldn't regret 
saying, saying it, it right. out loud. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's no issues. I do regret maybe saying that worthwhile students or whatever I said earlier. Ah. All students are worthwhile. They're just not fully developed yet. Very nicely put. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love it. All right. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for chatting with thank me you. tonight. I'm really happy that you were able to do that. And uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Thanks. This is really cool. Awesome. <laughs>